Welcome to Beyond the Breakwater, where just beyond the crashing waves of fear, discomfort, and doubt lies the greatest potential for life transformation. We want to guide you into the open waters where the calculated risk you take becomes the turning point for you or your organization to thrive. So drop your anchors and prepare for departure in this week's episode of Beyond the Breakwater. Okay, can you believe we are back with another episode of Beyond the Breakwater? I am Lindsay and this is Ed. Um, And today we're kind of going to be revisiting a little bit of the model in a very applicable way um, because something we have not talked about yet before, but I think exists all around this entire model is the big, scary, four-letter F word, fear. (laughs) Glad you clarified that. So as we're kind of painting what that picture looks like, it's like you have the harbor where everything is safe, the water is calm. Imagine this is where all of the docks are. The boats are tied up there. People are kind of partying. They're they're reading on their books. They're able to read without getting seasick because there are no waves. And then as you're approaching that breakwater, the things that breaks up the waves, it's getting a little bit choppier and you can kind of see the open seas in the distance. And there are at more times than not, I think way bigger waves out there Um, When we went out several weeks ago, it was like 12 mile per hour winds, four or five foot waves. I got seasick. I threw up. (laughs) But I think when you're looking at going out there, there is this thing that is instilled in you and that is fear. Um, And so today we're going to talk about that. So, Ed, can you give an idea like when is the last time that you had felt fear? Has this always been easy for you? Yeah, great question, Lindsay. It's good to be on the podcast again, and uh, it's really great to have just uh, the people hearing today and listening. Um, it is this is a, a kind of a personal topic uh, because um, I, I think all of us experience fear, especially when we're doing something new. And you know, it's um, I'm glad you're painting the picture about uh, being in the harbor, the transition through the breakwaters, and then beyond the breakwaters. Because uh, just a couple of weeks, um, we had met with a pastor. And he said, you know, I, I'm not by water. I don't like water. In fact, that yesterday we were with a pastor who goes, I don't like water. I don't want to talk about water. Um, but it's interesting as you were talking about being in a harbor and a calmness, and I could just picture, I could picture that. And I just mm-hmm. know um, I've got a 24-foot boat, and um, I just can picture going through those breakwaters. And when it's really wavy, and that means about four or five-foot waves in a breakwater, you know it's going to be really bad going beyond and you're right, anything on Lake Michigan over 10 miles an hour, you really don't want to be out there. Um, but sometimes we have gone out there. And uh, I know you went out there with me and a boat. We took a couple people and went out beyond the breakwater. It was about 12 mile an hour winds. And uh, it gets choppy. Yeah, talk about your personal, your one your one time experience yeah. out there. Yeah, you know, there was just a day that um, I put the boat in water and I knew something was wrong because there was nobody at the boat lunch. I was the only one. And I thought, well, that's odd. You know, it's a sunny day. It's beautiful outside. Um, I didn't check the wind speed and I went out and the waves were um, about five foot waves, not a boat on the water. And I was about to turn around. And, and sometimes you have this little still voice and you just feel like God is whispering in the midst of this very windy day. And I just felt like he said, go out there. And, um, and so you're in the breakwater. You're like, this is not safe. It's not safe. It was not good. If I had trouble, nobody would come out to rescue me because there was nobody around. 
uh, people on the breakwaters were watching like, look at this idiot, you know, <laughs> going out, taking his boat. What is he doing? I mean, my boat's not that big. So I got to the end and I just felt that prompting like, keep going. Um, and I had been in that situation before and I turned around and went back. But this time I went out, I went about a 500 yards. Um, that's a lot. And I just felt like God was saying, keep the engine running. Put it in neutral. Do you remember how you felt going out, like in the process Scared. of like actually, you're like, oh, I, I can just imagine like if I had felt this prompting, like go out there, it's like, oh gosh. And either it's like, don't think, just do, or yeah. you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah. I have to say it was scary. The winds were um, high. The waves were crashing on the boat. Uh, the water was um, almost coming over the bow. I mean, that's how wavy it was. And you just kind of go, this is stupid. Um, and you're like, there's nobody out here. If I have engine trouble, um, if the boat capsizes, um, if something happens, um, and so you start to go through these, uh, these emotions and you realize you're in fear. Mm. Um, I've, I've experienced fear and I think all of us have experienced fear, but it's usually the buildup and the anticipation of something like, like you're really scared to make a phone call. And so you're like anticipating the phone call, anticipating how it's going to go. You finally pick up the phone and call and it could be horrible. <laughs> but it's the fear leading up to it is usually worse. So, I mean, I've just learned as a principle, if I'm ever afraid to do something, I do it immediately. Mm -hmm. um, I don't wait because I don't want to live in that fear for hours or days, you know, waiting for something. If somebody's like, hey, I want to meet with you, I quickly am like, what do you want to meet about? Mm -hmm. You know, because I don't want to sit in fear. Mm -hmm. I want to know what, what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so going back to going out there. So I did. I went out about 500 yards and I kept the motor running. And uh, I should have had my life jacket on, but I chose not to. And I just um, sat in a boat um, for two hours. And I'm sure everybody's like, what is that guy doing? He's just sitting out there, not doing anything. He's just, and the boat was all over the place. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, you just, can you imagine? I mean, you just have to picture how wavy it was. And I just um, got out of the driver's seat and I went back and sat on the back seat and sat in fear. Mm -hmm. And I took out a piece of paper and I was reading a book at the time and, and I was trying to write. I mean, it's kind of funny seeing my scribbles. <laughs> right, and, is it and, legible? <laughs> right, yeah. But I was writing how I was feeling. And, and I think if there's one thing that I was learning that I really felt like God was saying, what are you, what are you so scared of? What are you afraid of? I was afraid of the boat capsizing. Mm. And I felt him just kind of gently go, pay attention to the boat. And I realized the boat was safe. So when you went out there, like in hindsight, if you were to apply this to you, the context today, like why do you think God had you go out there? I think he had me go out there so that when you're going through something or you're about to start a new ministry and we're in the process of doing some new things, and I will... I, it dawned on me the other day, I feel like I'm in the boat and I feel like I'm all by myself because mm -hmm. there's a difference when I've taken people out when it's been 12 mile an hour winds and they're with me, I have no fear because it's just like, well, if something happens, there's more of us. Mm -hmm. But there's something about being by yourself in a situation that you don't know what to do. Are you going to be okay? And so I've realized that in the things that are going right now or ministries that are going on right now, um, I kind of feel like I'm out there mm -hmm. and I'm trying to bring people along 
Um, but it's funny when you bring people along, like I had a meeting today and I brought somebody along and they were like, this is stupid. What are you doing this for? So can you talk about like the specific ministries you're referring to? Because I think we might have some like first time listeners, people who are not yeah. understanding, like what big things are you talking about yeah. that would cause or prompt fear? Okay. Well, let me go back. I, I want to talk about the garage. Okay. Um, so we opened up an automotive garage. And uh, that was really uh, an amazing thing that we did. It was a long time ago. Uh, it goes back to uh, 2012. In fact, I looked at the date on some pictures. November 1st, uh, 2012 is when we broke ground. Mm -hmm. But it was leading up to breaking ground because I was in the board meetings. And, and maybe let me go back a little bit further. Uh, we had partnered with a local garage, changed the oil. Who is we? Um, okay, so our church, thank you. Our church was invited to participate with Family Life Radio. Okay. Um, with a local garage who was changing the oil in 35 single moms' cars. Mm. We were invited as a donor church. We really weren't invited to come and be a part of it. And so I called him up and I said, well, if we're going to give you money, can I go with it? Sure. So we brought a team of people. We, uh, we didn't change the oil. The mechanics changed the oil. And they were doing some light repairs on the cars. And we were cleaning out cars, washing cars. And then there was some food we were giving these single moms. Um, at the end of the day, six of the cars got condemned, meaning we told these moms that their cars were unsafe and they weren't worth fixing. So what um, did you do with them? Well, first of all, let me let me back up just a little. I had left, and so I didn't know any cars were condemned. And when another volunteer came back and I saw how the rest of the day go, and he told me the story that six of them got condemned. And I work on cars. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, they were told their cars aren't safe. And they're not worth fixing. I said, what? What did you do? And he said, well, we told him. Okay, then what did you do? He said, we cried. Okay, then what did you do? We prayed. And I remember telling him, and I called him up by name, and I said, that didn't fix the car when you prayed. I said, then what did you do? He goes, we sent him away. Mm. I said, so you told the mom her car's not safe for her children. Go have a good life. Lindsay, it didn't sit well with me. So, okay, now i got to shorten the next part of this. Um, I, I went garage to garage to garage to garage to say, can we be weakened warriors, bring our tools, bring our mechanics, bring our liability insurance and fix these cars? Mm -hmm. No, everybody said no. So I'll never forget the board meeting. I went to the board meeting and I started telling them about it. And um, it was a few board meetings. Like at the church? The church at the board church, meetings? the board okay. meeting to see... Um, we were talking about building a garage and we didn't have the money for it. Um, and we had some seed money, just enough to start the project, but not enough to finish it. Mm -hmm. And when we started, or before we started, I'll never forget the board. I said, I have to hear from all of you. And the board was split 50 50. Hmm. What do you do? Yeah, half of them are for you. Half and of half them are, are saying, against. take the step of faith and follow God. And half the half of them are going, this is foolish. You don't have the money. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And then the kicker came. The meeting was over and somebody followed me out um, into the hallway. And they just said, you need to know that when this fails, and it will fail, um, you can't stay here any longer as pastor. Wow. Now my career is attached to it. Mm. Um, so fear. Uh, yeah. Pure fear. Who do I listen to? And now I have somebody who's saying that you're going to get fired if it doesn't work well. Um, so I remember going out to lunch with, with an outgoing chairman and an incoming chairman, 
And I said, what do I do? And they said, go for it. Mm. So we did. We went for it. But every single, you know, they're, I'm going ahead. As they were digging it out and doing all this, you know, you had angry board members and mm -hmm. you had supportive board members. Mm -hmm. um, that's living in fear. When you start something new, I mean, you want to think that you have everybody's support, but I can tell you as a pastor that when you say, let's go out of the breakwater, um, you're going to have a few people who say, woohoo, let's go. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a lot of people saying, I'm not going. Why are you going? That's dumb. And they're going to try to discourage you from going. So it's this discouragement that almost leads to fear that mm -hmm. now I'm discouraged because they're thinking I'm going to fail. They're thinking I'm not going to be able to do this. And you're like, but I think this is of God. I think we should do this. And now you're in this place of, God, what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? Yeah. So it's like you, you either do nothing or you die trying or lose your job trying. Okay. But what you just said, I think is one of those really core principles that I really believe wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. That if you don't, that has ramifications. Mm -hmm. If you do, you may fail, if you want to call that failure, um, or you die trying. And so let me let me walk you through a couple of fear things that I've learned. Um, when you say no to God, when you feel like God is leading you beyond the breakwater and you say, no, I'm too scared because I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. Um, my fear is what if, what if I say, God, I'm too scared to do this. And I say, no, I'm, I'm just being really honest with you. I think one of my greatest fears is that God's going to say "Then I'm not going to ask you to do it again. I'm not going to ask you to do anything because if you're not going to follow me here, why would I ask you to do something bigger mm. or something else. And so I try to discern, like, God, if you're really leading, as scared as I am, no matter how much criticism, help me to get beyond the breakwater and help me to go. So for me, if I had to define failure, mm -hmm. failure is not trying. Failure is saying no to God. That's yeah. failure. But I think when you get out there and you try, and if you die trying... That's not failure. That's, are you sure God's leading you? You got to be sure of that. Are you mm -hmm. really sure God's leading you? And if God is leading you out there and it doesn't work, then you have to know that maybe that's not what God wanted you to do, that particular thing, but maybe he had something that's going to come out of that. Mm. And I'd love to give you an example of that if you want to hear that. Yeah. So we started um, we started a ministry uh, one time called His Hands Home and Lawn Care. Mm. I thought it was a brilliant concept. You know, we were trying to create jobs for people in our community that have no jobs, you know, especially those who are maybe formerly incarcerated or coming off of drugs or alcohol or in recovery. And for some reason, they just um, are really struggling to find a job. So we had this idea. Let's create a company, you know, a ministry called mm -hmm. His Hands Home and Lawn Care. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually pitched it for a grant, got $25,000. We bought all the equipment. We had a trailer. We had lawnmowers, we had uh, trimmers, and we launched this business. And what we did is we went to homeowners and said, uh, would you give us $100 for four man hours? And they were like, what? What do you mean? Well, we want to do what you can do for yourself. So can you wash the windows on your house? Yeah. Well, can we wash them for you? Um, and you pay us $100 to do it. Or we can clean out your gutters, or we can cut your lawn, or we can trim, or we can mulch, or we can power wash your deck. Mm -hmm. um, so we were literally creating jobs out of nothing, okay? Um, 
And it, and it bombed. Mm. I mean, it completely bombed. Why? Well, I didn't anticipate one factor. I didn't anticipate when homeowners would say, this is their term. Mm. I don't want thugs at my oh, house. Oh, jeez. I said, what? Mm. Thugs? They're like, yeah, I don't want thugs at my house. I said, what do you mean? You mean like formerly incarcerated? Yeah, I don't want thugs in my house. Mm. No, I have to tell you, the thugs. Um, these were actually our first crew. We had four women and um, great women, not at all what you would think, thug. Mm. I mean, they're moms who were writing fraudulent checks because mm. they didn't have enough money in their account and then mm -hmm. they had to do some jail time. Uh, there was another one who had drugs on them and got caught with drugs um, and mm. had to go to jail and then do some community service. These were, honestly, these are like people that I would call my friends. Yeah. And I went and worked with them. Mm -hmm. um, so we were actually, a Christian school hired us one time. And so I have pictures of that, that we went and here we are working outside. And I loved it because somebody took a picture and someone's people would say, I don't want thugs. I chose <laughs> the picture. These you guys? mean these people? Yeah. <laughs> these thugs? Mm -hmm. um, so it didn't work. Mm. What I didn't realize is what God had around the corner. God wanted to start a job creation ministry, which we now call Pivot Point. And so his hands home and lawn care closed. And we acquired this appliance store that takes in donated appliances. We fix them up and we sell them. Um, to the Alice population. And what we learned is that that we stepped into a door. If I can, I want to paint a picture for you. Imagine opening up a door and there's a hallway. And you're like, oh, you walk in the hallway. And there's two more doors in the hallway that you couldn't see before you went through the first door, mm -hmm. right? I think that's how God does it sometimes. Like, like I'm really scared to try something new. And you go through the first door, and you're like, it's a hallway, and it's got a dead end. God, why did you lead me in a dead end? Because I wanted to show you two more doors that you mm -hmm. didn't know. So mm -hmm. you have to take the step of faith. So we had to take the step of faith for his hands home and lawn care, which God was like, no, you're not going to mm -hmm. do it. But you're getting closer. But you're getting closer. Mm -hmm. And now when this opportunity comes, you're going to realize that's what I had in mind. Mm -hmm. And that has been incredible ministry for years yeah. that has been changing lives and giving hope to people. I think I've heard this quote once of describing like obedience, like obedience is not determined by the outcome. And so when I think of that, it's like all of that in the context of our ministries, it gives permission and just relief almost to be like, okay, I don't have to worry about the success of this or the outcome of it. Like, I just believe that God is calling me here and right. he will take care of that outcome, even if in our eyes it is failure. Like we could have looked at that ministry and been like, wow, that was a huge flop. I'm never doing that again. But it got us one step closer, as you said, to getting to pivot point and to job right. creation. Right. But you know, sometimes, Lindsay, we have to be just a little bit careful that things don't fail because we didn't put the time necessary mm -hmm. and energy in. I mean, I'm usually the last holdout. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll usually work to the death. I mm -hmm. mean, I will just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. I mean, we tried everything to get his and his hands home and lawn care, mm -hmm. but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And we were okay with it. But, but then there's, you know, I'm going to go back to this fear because fear and failure go side by side. Mm -hmm. You can't even begin to imagine how many people are like, what well, didn't work? I knew it wouldn't work. Mm 
-hmm. You shouldn't have tried it. You wasted money. You know, you wasted all that time. Nothing came out of it. And so now you're disappointing people. Um, some people are like, you know, I don't want to be part of this anymore. I don't want to be part of the church anymore because mm -hmm. I don't like what you're doing. You know, why are you wasting all this time? Um, and I'm like, how do you waste time with people that need help? Mm -hmm. And yet that's what we were trying to do is just trying to help. So can you talk about like the times where you have had a healthy fear and then a fear that is more like guiding you? Um, like I think as kind of just a test of what I'm trying to discern, like, okay, where, where does God want me? Um, if people are facing obstacles, I think sometimes we can view that as like, okay, I, I ran up against something. God must not want me to go there. Um, so what, what, I don't know how to say it, but like, mm -hmm. when do you push past that and yeah. have grit? Yeah. And when do you surrender and you're like, okay, try yeah. something new? Okay, great, great question. So in our town, we have this one street where there's uh, every block, there's a light. Mm -hmm. And they are timed so that if one, like if you beat the first one in a yellow, you're going to get the next one red. Mm -hmm. um, but if you sit at that light, if there's nobody behind you and you sit at the light, and it turns green. Then you watch the next one. It turns green. And then you watch the next one. It turns green. There's three or four. You mm -hmm. know where I'm talking yep, about. Yep, I know the ones. I think that's one of the best images that when God is calling us to do something new, um, I'm looking for like, like, is there a reason why we have to stop? Not mm -hmm. me, not me pushing on a brake, mm -hmm. but is there something that didn't work. Somebody said no, and it was a hard no. There's no way around it. Let's say the board said, absolutely not. You're not going to do this. Okay. That's a hard no. Mm -hmm. um, but if the board says yes, um, okay, there's the first light. You know, now what's next? Um, is it a funding issue? Um, is it a, you know, um, support from other people issue? What are the next steps? Like, I don't know how to do it issue. Well, I can learn. So I find myself a lot of times, especially with something new, that I that I watch the lights. And it's really green, yellow, red. Um, green, you know, go. Yellow, somebody cautions in my life. And it's not a red, but it's, uh, Ed, you better be careful. Do you know the laws surrounding this? Do you know the ramifications? Do you know how this might go? Do you know? Do you know? No, I don't know. Well, you better learn those things before you go on. So then I'll pause, learn all those things and decide, is that a red or is that a green after I learn? Um, so I think the hardest part is when there's all greens. Because mm -hmm. now it's my fear. Yeah. And are you crazy enough to floor it through those lights? Right. Yeah. Right. Because the easy thing to do is to just sit there. You know what happens if you sit there long enough? It turns red. Hmm. I don't have to do it. Imagine God going to Abraham. Leave your home. Leave your family. Go. And he waited. Imagine when God went to Moses in the wilderness and said, I'm calling you back. And he didn't want to go. He said, please send someone else. God got angry. Hmm. God said, I'm sending you. But if he would have waited... How long would God wait till God said someone else? How about the Israelites when they were ready to go into the promised land and God said, go, and in their fear, do you remember the story that mm -hmm. he sent the spies into the land? Yeah. And Joshua and Caleb came back and said, 
God is going to give it to us, green lights. Mm -hmm. And 10 created fear amongst all the Israelites. And they were so afraid, they chose not to go. Mm -hmm. And then God said, Okay, fine, then you're not going to go. I'm going to send you back to the wilderness where you're going to die, and your kids are going to go, but you're not going to go. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, now we're ready to go. And they went, and they got annihilated. So those kinds of stories were like, like, is God saying go? And sometimes God will say, go explore the land. Mm-hmm. So they went up and they explored the land. And then in their fear, they said no, even though Joshua and Caleb said go. Mm-hmm. The other 10 said no. And when you read that story, and it's a great story, when you read that through that story, the 10 lost their lives. Mm-hmm. Because God was upset that he said go, and they said no. Um, I think that's, if I would be so honest, that's my biggest fear. So when I see those opportunities, I'm like, boy, God, if it's going to be red, make it red. If it's green, holy cow, hold on to your, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, hold on to something and because here we go. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you just go out of the breakwater. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I love that picture of the stoplights. Like I know exactly the place you're talking about. And there's also this moment of, um, okay, the light's turning yellow, but I think if I gun it fast enough right now, I can get through all of the lights. And so yeah. there's that decision of like, okay, should I stop or should I be impulsive and, and go? And so I think we make a lot of those decisions here too, where I don't know if you can address the the impulsive, um, you know, I think people might view some of the decisions we make as like, you're you're crazy. Like you are absolutely crazy. And I I do not have that level of craziness in me, or that was impulsive. And when I have that picture, though, of the lights, it's like you might slip in past that yellow light, but the one ahead of you is going to turn red and you're going to be forced to stop. So um, I don't know. Do you have any like any response to that of like the crazy, the impulsive? Like, how would you navigate through it? I think it's um, it's a little bit different for every person. Um, you know, for the person who is maybe newer in their faith, um, that ask of God might be to go meet with a friend um, and you're scared to do it. I mean, it could be something really simple. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, oh, I don't know if I really want to, you know, I don't know if I really want to do this. And then they call you and you're like, ah, oh, there's the green, you know, I'm scared, but I don't want to do it. I think the longer you walk with God and God's like, okay, if I give you small green lights and you do them, um, it gets a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. and then and then God's like, "Will you go now?" And then it gets bigger, and it gets bigger. So what happens is it seems like the cost goes up, mm. the risk goes up, but all of them have the same principle behind it. God always asks to do do something beyond our ability. Mm. Like my fear is so great, I don't want to make a phone call. And then you're like, God, would you help me, please? Please, I'm begging, help me. And then you're like, okay, then you find the courage to call. Mm -hmm. That's great. You realize you couldn't do it. And then you're like, wow, that went amazing. And you realize what God did. So it could start with a phone call. um, But then the stakes start to go up and you're right. Sometimes people look at me and they say, you're crazy. But see, like Mm -hmm. today, here would be a good example of this. 
um, as we're looking at um, a possible land acquisition, uh, which is by far the biggest thing that I've ever been a part of, um, I was sold. I went and got counsel. See, I do that a lot. I always mm -hmm. surround myself with counsel. And so I surrounded myself with um, somebody that I admire and respect in the community. And, um, and he said, I want you to go meet with the mayor. Okay. And he said, I want you to meet with um, the person, uh, almost like the chief operating officer, you know, for all of Midland. Mm -hmm. Okay. He said, I'm going to set up a, an, an, an appointment with you from the, uh, with the former attorney general from the state of Michigan. I want you to meet with him. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, a little fear in me, you know. I know these people, but there's just a little fear in me of like, what? Why would I go talk to them? I said, why do you want me to talk to them? He said, because they probably need to know what you're thinking about. Okay. So you see, it keeps going up. Mm -hmm. um, and this is not easy. I mean, I'll tell you, it's not easy. And I'm sure when I contact the mayor, even though she's a friend, mm -hmm. um, there's going to be some fear. So I don't know if that answers the question, but I think God meets us where we are and God pushes us past where we are. And I think the breakwaters for every person are in different places. I think mm -hmm. the waves are different. I think the size of the waves are different. I mean, for some person, if it's smooth water and God says, I want you to go beyond the breakwater, they are petrified. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and another, I know we're, we're wrapping up an episode here, but I just have another like kind of just unsettled thought of, I think one of the hardest things is knowing whether or not to push past a fear, like, is that, is that a yellow flag? And I think of it in the context of like, I have a pretty high pain tolerance, like physical pain tolerance, which has gotten me into trouble in the past mm. of I ignore it. And I'm like, mind over matter. And I keep doing the thing. I normally, it's like a running injury and I'm like, nope, I can keep doing it. And then I end up really hurt and I'm out and I can't run anymore for, for a few months. And so like, how do you know whether to, to push past a fear and that's just like a human fear mm. or is that a, a godly fear or caution? Well, I think you have to really seek God in those. Uh, I, I don't mean this cliche. I think you need to, I go for walks. I went for a five mile walk today. Um, and I was just chatting a lot with God. You know, what should I do? Um, what do you want me to do? What's the right thing to do? Um, I was listening to scripture while I was walking and I was like, Lord, I, you're, I'm listening. Mm. What do you want to share with me? And I was actually listening to David, um, who was being chased by Saul to kill him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I can only imagine the fear, especially when it said they were going around the mountain one way and Saul was coming the other way and Saul was gaining on him. Mm. Can you imagine <laughs> turning around and seeing behind you? Or can yeah. you imagine Moses at the Red Sea and the fear he must have had when the Egyptian army is gaining on him? Like, this is it. Um, so I think you have to ask God, is this, is this a red mm -hmm. or is it my fear? Um, and God's usually really good, at least he's been in my life, that if you're, if you're listening and you wait and you're asking, mm -hmm. oftentimes God will send somebody in your life and say, that's, that's absolutely not. Mm. No, that's a no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you sure it's a no? I mean, push. Push is a really no. No, it's a no. Mm. No, you cannot do this. Okay. Then I pray, God, make me content with no. Mm. 
So it's okay not to go, but then yeah. then I want to be content with it. Yeah. Hmm. That's really good. What can you tell the listener before they go? Like speak to the listener who is crippled by fear. Like they feel led to do something, but they're just paralyzed by fear. What can they do? I think there's a lot of people that are paralyzed by fear. I think it's one of the greatest things that it's a, that's in all of us. Um, I, I would suggest like when I went out to the boat, don't try to distract yourself from the fear. Sit in it. And ask yourself, why am I so afraid? Mm. What's the worst that can happen? And I think when we start to write it down, and you probably need to write it down, like, is it rejection? Is it fear mm. of the unknown? What are you afraid of? What might happen? Mm. Is it fear? I think this is a very real fear. Is God going to protect you? Is God going to take care of you? Like, if you make this decision... Is God really going to be there and help you through it? And I think to sit in that fear and answer the question of why am I so afraid and what am I afraid of and what's the worst possible outcome? Go back to the boat. Mm. Worst possible outcome? Put a life jacket on. It might take me a few hours to get back to shore. Eventually I'm going to get back to shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good practice. And I even just think from the uh, a side of like practicality and counseling advice, it's like whenever you're having these feelings to just be curious about them and mindful and pay attention, ask the questions like, where is this surfacing from? Um, so yeah, sit, like drive somewhere and turn off the radio. Just give your, your mind a place to think and wrestle through questions, ask questions about your feelings. Um and kind of really test the waters is what I'm hearing. Like, God, is this something that is a healthy fear that you're keeping me from something? Or or is this just my own fears welling up that's keeping me from saying yes to what you have? Great thoughts. Yeah, that's great. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Breakwater, a podcast of Elevate Community Ministries. Don't let the conversation stop here. You can email us at hello at beyondthebreakwater.org. We would love to chat with you, answer questions, plan a visit, and help you take your next step. We'll see you next week.